amazing, the Boating House Band, of course. You know, and one more thing. We've got to give a shout-out to our sound and lights. They are, like, rocking out. If you have not looked up, they, like... And those of you under the balcony, you can come forward for prayer at the end of service, and you can see it. Um, really, like, thank you. You've re- they've just really been working to, to create a magnificent... But that's not what we're here for. We are here because one of uh, my first... Uh, who I consider my first teacher, so I get to sing your praises for a moment. Um, back in the early, early 1990s, maybe even 89, um, it was the first time I heard Edwin at Unity when I was a member of Unity up on the north side. And um, I was just a young, young little lad. And <laughs> she absolutely blew my mind. She absolutely blew our whole minds with with. Just, I got it. The day she spoke, I got it. I got that on prosperity. I got the principles and practices that I had to do to activate it and get all the other stuff out of the way. It activated such an unbelievable journey in my life. Truly, I experienced so much prosperity and so much freedom um, because of this woman so long ago. And so it is always with great joy great joy and anticipation that we bring her back to Bodhi um, pretty much each year to lift us all up because she has dedicated her life to the teachings of prosperity. She's proved the principles, and she's unwavering in her faith, and that is a gift that I want you all to receive. So with big hearts and loud hands, please welcome Edwine Gaines. Good morning. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. The, the music team. First of all, first of all, I have to give our instrumentalist and Justin our highest Alabama compliment. I, oh, my God. In Alabama, what we would say is, honey, this morning, you about blew my dress up. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. My name is Edwin Gaines, and what I want you to know about me is that I am a woman of power. And I'm a woman of passion, and I care deeply about you and me and all of our brothers and sisters on planet Earth. And it's my full intention to make a difference on this planet. In 1976, I made a commitment to the Lord of my being, the goddess within me, that I would be 100% responsible for the transformation of the abundance consciousness of planet Earth. I travel around the world now about 250 days a year, enrolling co-equal laborers in this task, and I've done this for 30 years. What I know for sure is that I don't have a clue about how to do this. (laughs) But one of my teachers said to me, but Edwin... You didn't know how to do puberty either. (laughs) Did you? Consciously, I didn't know how to be born. Consciously, I did not know how to give birth to a child. And yet, somehow, I was able to do those wonderful things. And what I know now with clarity and with certainty is that when any one of us puts our intention out there and we make a 100% commitment to that intention and we make every step a step of impeccability, a step of integrity, then somehow... The universe opens up a way where before there was no way. So just take a deep breath, if you would, and let me share with you what I call prosperity. 
Prosperity, you hear the word, and, and automatically most minds go to the word money. And it, it includes money, but there's more to prosperity than just money. Prosperity for me is a vitally alive, healthy body for this God being that we are to express through. Prosperity is relationships that are joyous and satisfying and intimate and honest and nurturing and that work all the time. Prosperity is work that we love so much. It's not work, it's play. And prosperity is all the money we can spend. So would that work for you? Take a look and see. That's a huge commitment to have your life work all the time. I mean, for God's sake, what will we talk about? (laughs) It's my belief that that is the level of living that Jesus the Christ was speaking of when he talked to us about what he called the kingdom of heaven. And what did he say? He said, it's at hand. It's in our midst. This is it. And every single one of us has everything it takes to begin today to live our lives at that level where they work all the time in every area. All it takes is a conscious intention. And you have that intention or you wouldn't be here today. So if indeed it is your intention to begin to live your life at that level today where it works all the time in every area, here's your first task of the day. Now, those of you who've heard me before know that I've been giving you this task for a lot of years. (sighs) But you didn't do it, so here I am. We'll be getting some more tasks this afternoon in the workshop, but task number one. For the next 21 days, absolutely no complaining about anything that happens. The only appropriate response to anything that comes up in our lives for the next 21 days is, God, that's great. Okay, say it now so you can get the feeling. God, that's great. See, you can do that. Now, if you should slip up, catch yourself in the middle of a little tiny complaint, don't beat yourself up, immediately forgive yourself and start all over on another 21-day program. So on that 20th day, be very cautious. (laughs) And I guarantee you that if you can go for 21 days without complaining about anything that comes up in your life, your life will be transformed. The mystics call this the secret of transcendence. So I am going to give you an affirmation that's going to help you not to complain. Okay, this is a new addition. You haven't heard this one before, all right? Deep breath. You can handle this. Here's the affirmation, and I'm going to ask you to say it with me after I say it. I now allow myself to receive all the good that I have withheld from myself in the past. Together? I now allow myself to receive all the good that I have withheld from myself in the past. Anything comes up, if you will say that, then you'll begin to see what the problem is. Another affirmation in alignment with that is this. Let's say you got a flat tire, you know, or your dog ate your homework, you know, or whatever, you know, those wonderful, wonderful challenges that come up in our lives, whatever it is. Here's a good one. I can hardly wait to see what good comes out of this. (laughs) Say it with me. I can hardly wait to see what good comes out of this. Deep breath. And then what happens is we start to look. We start to look for what the good is, and we begin to find it. Several years ago, I wrote a book called The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity, A Simple Guide to Unlimited Abundance. 
It's now in Spanish. I'm very grateful for that. In that book, I've outlined my journey from real holes in my shoes kind of poverty, not being able to feed my baby kind of poverty, to a level of living today that many would consider a life of great wealth. And I did so by coming into alignment with these four very simple spiritual laws. And it's my belief that if you will come into alignment with these laws, that amazing things will begin to happen in your life that you you could not even have foreseen. It's almost as if you're pushing a magic button, although I know that's not true. I do know that we're creating our own reality, but it helps us when we come into alignment with these laws to begin to see the world in new ways. And, And if you will do so, you'll find that you're drawn into everything else necessary to bring you the life that you desire and deserve. We're going to talk about a few of these laws this morning. Uh, Justin was singing about one of them, the law of forgiveness. And then we're going to talk about these in, in just a minute. But, you know, I, I, some of you have heard me before know this. I, I have a, a kind of a personal issue that I want to share with you, and, and, and I'm just going to trust you not to tell anybody. <clears throat> I, I have an addiction. I am addicted to hot rollers. You know, those electric curlers you plug in, get real, real hot. You just got to fry your hair to a new position. I just love those things. I have every set ever made. I, I, I never go anywhere without a backup. I took three sets with me into the middle of the Amazon rainforest. <laughs> Couldn't plug them in, but honey, if I ever found a plug, I was ready. <laughs> but here's the deal. If I don't plug those suckers in, they won't get hot. I can fall on my knees before them and say, please, you heat it up for other people. If you love me, you would do this. And my rollers just look at me like I've lost my mind. If I want my rollers to get hot, I have got to plug them into that energy system that is always there, ready to respond to every small and every large demand that I make upon it. If you want your life to work... You've got to plug yourself in to that energy system that I call God that is always there, ready to respond to every single demand that you could possibly make. But you've got to do your part. And the way that we plug ourselves in, in my opinion, is by coming into alignment with these four very simple spiritual laws. Spiritual law number one, deep breath, you can handle this. We're required by spiritual law to acknowledge that we know that God is my source. Say it with me. God is my source. Easy to say. But the law requires an action. And that action is in order for us to acknowledge that we know that God is our source, we're required to return one-tenth of all that we've received back to that person, place, or institution where we've received our spiritual food. It's called the tithe, T-I-T-H. You know, take a deep breath. Don't go unconscious on me. <laughs> you start talking about money in some of these spiritual groups, everybody starts going, oh. <laughs> a tithe is one-tenth of all that we receive given back on a regular and disciplined basis to that person, place, or institution where you've received your spiritual food. Now, please hear me. I am not talking about giving to charity. That's a very kind thing to do, and yes, we ought to do that, but that is not a tithe. I'm not talking about buying books and CDs and affirmation cards and giving them to your friends who need them. (laughs) 
That's a very generous and warm-hearted thing for you to do. And as a matter of fact, I brought some along downstairs. <laughs> that I would love for you to do that very thing with. But that is not a tithe. A tithe goes where you've been fed spiritually. If you're fed through this ministry, your tithe belongs here. But only, you know, nobody knows but you. Now, let's take a deep breath. (sighs) We'll talk more about the law of tithing this afternoon and get all your questions answered. I've been tithing now for almost 45 years. And I have moved from real poverty, as I said, to a level of living today that I would never even imagined. It's an amazing process. The first step is to tithe, to step outside your comfort zone, to push through your fear and your limiting belief, and to say, I'm going to stand on the principle and trust God is my source. And when you do that, amazing things begin to happen. We'll talk more. Spiritual law number two, Justin's saying about it. We've got to forgive everybody all the time, especially ourselves. Now, I've done a lot of forgiveness work, folks. And I continue to work on it on a daily basis. And one of the things I've noticed about my own process is the only people that I ever have to forgive are those people who don't do things my way. And there seem to be a lot of them. And many of them drive in Chicago. I'm just saying. So one of my forgiveness techniques is every night before I go to sleep, I ask myself in prayer, have, you put, have I put anyone outside my heart today? And usually I have. There's some poor soul that did not get Queen Edwin's edicts about how to behave on planet Earth, so it's off with their heads. And so I have to forgive myself. Now hear this part. Tenderly and gently. Don't beat yourself up. Treat yourself the way you would treat a little child. Forgive yourself, because we're all learning, folks. And I have to forgive them for not understanding what my rules are. And then I have to look and see what's the situation here. It's always the same thing for me. It's a control issue. I mean, I know how you ought to behave. Do you hear that? I'm working on it. Pray with me. (laughs) Another one of my forgiveness techniques, I do this about every six months or so. I call it a complete forgiveness inventory. And what it looks like is I go apart a while away from the staff and the office, the computers, the phones, take my journal... And I spend the whole day alone with God, just reviewing my life, just to see if there's any kind of negative emotions attached to any of my memories. Well, the incident I want to tell you about happened maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, I'm doing my inventory. I go way back, uh, parents, grandparents, my little brother, up to school teachers and classmates, and then up to high school boyfriends and girlfriends, and then I get up to uh, college, and, and I, I get up to professors and activities, and, and then I get up to work situations, bosses and coworkers and employees, and, and then I get up to all my ex-husbands, and that just takes forever to do that. So I got up to husband number two. Now, I was just sure that we were complete. I had not seen this man at this time in about 30 years. Didn't know where he was, didn't care. Wished him well, thought we were complete. But as I'm doing my inventory, I go way back. He said that, and I did this. His mother got involved, and yin, 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 that kind of stuff going on. I thought, well, this will never do. So I sat there, 
and I treated for that man. I affirmed for him every good thing I could think of. I, I said things like, with a powerful, strong voice out loud, I said, I see you happy and healthy, vitally alive, energetic, living in a beautiful home, engaged in nurturing and loving relationships, traveling, successful in all your businesses, getting along great with your kids, still running and playing tennis and racquetball the way you loved, used to love to do. I mean, I prayed for this man up one side and down the other. When I got through, whew, I felt good. I was through. So I went on about my business. Well, the very next week, I got a letter from this man. Now, you understand, I had not seen or heard from this man in about 30 years. Evidently, uh, I'm a Unity minister, so evidently he called Unity Village and got my current address in Alabama. And I got from him one of the sweetest letters that I have ever received in my life. It went sort of like this. Dear Edwin, you've been on my mind a lot lately, and I just wanted to touch base with you and to let you know how wonderful my life is going these days. I'm happily married to a beautiful woman. We have a brand-new gorgeous home. We're doing a lot of traveling. The kids have all graduated from college. My businesses are extremely successful. I'm still running and playing tennis around. Everything that I had affirmed for him, he's feeding right back to me as so. And then he says, I'm writing because I wanted to thank you for the contribution that you made to my life and to let you know that I remember with fondness some of the laughter that we shared and the good times that we had. And I remember also with sort of a bittersweet poignancy some of the very difficult lessons we had to learn with each other. But what I want you to know more than anything else is this. That no matter how wonderful my life is today, I am knowing that yours is even better. Oh, so sweet. Then I opened the envelope, and there inside, he had included for me a check for $3,000. So I pretty much pray for him every week now. It can't hurt, you know. (laughs) And while that is funny, there's a powerful truth inside that, folks. Every time that you and I hold on to the least little bit of resentment or bitterness or, or shame or guilt or blame or judgment or condemnation or criticism, when we hold on to that stuff, we're building a wall all the way around us as if we're building out those big, thick, concrete blocks. And the good that we desire and deserve can't get in. And every time we forgive the least little thing, we open a way for more good to flow into our lives. Holding on to that stuff is costing you joy, costing you money, costing you health. You may not have heard this before, but all financial debt is about unforgiveness. You want to get out of debt? Start forgiving yourself and others every single day of your life. Don't let it build up. We'll talk more about that this afternoon, and then we'll talk about one more spiritual law this morning. Spiritual law number three. We're required to set clear-cut, tangible goals. What do you want? What exactly do you want? Jesus the Christ said, ask, and ye shall receive. He did not say, make me guess. Do you know that most people spend more time planning their two-week vacation than they do planning their lives? It's your life. Do you really understand that you can have what you want? If you don't know that, I want to affirm for you that you can. You can have exactly what you want if you're willing to pay the price. 
If you're willing to come into alignment with these four very simple spiritual laws, you can create a life for yourself that you can't even yet imagine, but you can start where you are. When I first started, I didn't want any of these lofty things that I'm, that I'm attracting and drawing into my life now. When I first started, all I really wanted was a car that knew the meaning of a round trip. <laughs> Simple little desire. But we start where we are. We start where we are. You have a right to live a joyous life. You have a right to have what your heart desires. Einstein said this. He says, eventually, every single one of us has to decide whether or not we live in a friendly universe. And I know that we live in a friendly universe. I know there's a power that that I call God, and I don't know what that is. I just know that I call it God that is greater than you and me, that inspires us and moves through us and becomes us as we move into alignment with these spiritual laws. We become enlightened. We become filled with that spirit of love and appreciation and joy. You have a right to have every single thing that you want. Well, I was right at this point at a workshop I was doing several years ago. A young woman jumped up at the back. She said, Edwin, this goal-setting stuff that you talk about is a bunch of bunk. It doesn't work. I said, okay, tell me about it. She says, well, I'm a clerk in a discount department store. I make just a little above minimum wage. How in the world could any of this good stuff that you talk about ever happen for me? Well, you know what I told her. First off, how is none of your business? God knows how. Your business is what do I want? So I ask her this question, and I ask you. I said, would you be willing to consider the possibility that God has ways of bringing your good to you that you might not have thought of yet? She said, well, yeah. I said, then I asked her this very difficult question. See if you could answer this. I said, what do you want? Well, this young woman was ready, honey. She came right back at me. She said, I'll tell you what I want, Edwin. She said, I want to travel the world. She said, I want to see all those places I've seen on TV and in magazines. I want to go to, to Machu Picchu in Peru. I want to go to, to Tibet and China. I want to go to India. And the, I want to go to the casino in Monte Carlo and the, the opera in Italy. I want to go to the capitals of Europe. I want to go to Tahiti and Australia. I want to go to all these wonderful places. And she said, I want to travel first class. And she said, I want to ride in limousines and wear beautiful clothes. So I said to her, would you be willing to consider the possibility that God knows exactly how to do that? She said, well, yeah. I said, then I'm going to ask you to make two commitments to me. We have a handout. You'll get one this afternoon. It's also in my book. Ten steps to successful achievement. I said to her, I want you to do every single one of these 10 steps. Don't skip any of them. We'll work on them every day. Will you promise me you'll do that? She said, I commit to you, I will. And the second commitment I want from you is this. I want you to get back in touch with me and give me a report. Will you do that? She said, I promise. Well, I didn't hear from this young woman for quite some time, but when she called, I remembered her. I said, okay, tell me what happened. She says, Edwin, after that day, I got busy doing those 10 steps to successful achievement, just as you suggested. I, I committed myself to it. I worked on them every day. She said, I went back to my job as a clerk in a discount department store for about three more months. When one morning I found myself, as I awakened in my bedroom, I found myself shouting out to my bedroom walls, I am not a clerk. I don't know what I am, but I am not a clerk. Not that there's anything wrong with being a clerk, but she didn't feel that that was her destiny. So she said, I went in that very day and I quit my job. She said, I knew I had to have a job, so I went immediately out on interviews. She said, very shortly thereafter, I was out one morning. I went for an interview. went very well. 
She said, I decided to stop off at a little diner after the interview, get me some coffee to get my energy back up and redo my makeup to go for another interview. So I sat down on the booth seat there in the diner, and someone had left a newspaper there open to the classified section. And someone had circled an ad. She said, my curiosity got the best of me. I had to see what it was. She said, it sounded so interesting. I called immediately, got an appointment for an interview. What it was, was an elderly woman who in her lifetime had built from scratch three very, very successful businesses. Now, she'd sold these businesses, and she was retiring. Very, very wealthy. This woman had grown children, but her children were busy with their own lives, and they didn't have a lot of time for her. And this woman had done nothing in her entire life except work. And now, she wanted to see the world. But she didn't want to go by herself. She wanted a young woman who would go with her, who would make all the arrangements, get the first-class airline tickets, hire the limos. The older woman did not care where they went. She just wanted to go somewhere and see something. So the young woman got to set the itinerary, and they went every place the young woman had ever wanted to go, Tibet and China and India, Machu Beach, everywhere. And if you believe in reincarnation, it's almost as if they had known each other before. They become fast friends, really, really, as if they were related in a very loving way. It was an amazing thing, the young woman said. She said, we, she said uh, when we went to the opera in Italy, she bought me some beautiful clothes to wear and went also for the casino in Monte Carlo, loaned me her jewelry. We rode in limousines. She said, I went everywhere I'd ever wanted to go. Uh, they traveled together for almost an entire year when the older woman became ill. And so the younger woman brought her back to the States to her family where she lived for about another month and then she passed. And in her will, she left this young woman a sizable inheritance. So let me ask you, would you be willing to consider the possibility that God has ways and ways and ways and ways to bring your good to you that you might not have thought of yet? Yeah. We'll talk about these uh, spiritual laws in depth this afternoon, all four. Uh, we start at one thirty. Is that right? One thirty. It, it's right here right here, and there's no charge for it. It's offered on a love offering basis. And, and I invite you, if you will, to go and call somebody that you care about and invite them to be here with you. Now, I know, I really do know that some of you think that you have other plans. Let me tell you this one little piece. For the past 25 years, every time I've had a sabbatical, I've gone somewhere in the world to work with a shaman, a medicine man, a medicine woman, a wise and holy lama, high lama in Tibet, uh, Hindu masters in, in uh, India, uh, Buddhist teachers both in India and China and in Tibet. Um, I've worked with an apprentice for six years to a medicine woman. I've worked with a shaman in the rainforest in, in both Ecuador and Peru. Uh, I, I've, in the last couple of years, I've been four times to Brazil to, to work with John of God. I have had the privilege of working with some of the highest and holiest wisdom figures that this planet has alive in a corporal body at this moment. In all that time, I have learned me some stuff. You don't want to mess with me, honey. (laughs) 
You're a good sport. Let me close this morning with a quotation by Patrick Overton. I know you've heard it before, but it, it feeds my soul. Mr. Overton writes, When you have come to the edge of all the light that you know, and you're about to step off into the darkness of the unknown, faith is knowing that one of two things will happen. There'll be something solid to stand on, or you'll be taught how to fly. See you at one thirty. God bless. Edwin Gaines. I told you magnificent, huh? Magnificent. Truly, she changed my life. She's changing our life. And I, I too, personally invite you to um, this workshop this afternoon so we can all um, support each other in um, fulfilling our higher why of being here and bring that kingdom on now. With that, how about we turn within and um, do some prayer? Take a nice deep breath. I invite our spiritual counselors to stand, our core council and our leadership, if you feel inspired to stand and hold the space. The rest of you, I invite you to just let this prayer be for you today. In this moment, I do recognize this thing called God, a magnificent light and life.